This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. On June 22, 2015, we began an experiment and we questioned a youthful millennial about what things he was completely naive about. Now that millennials are considered olds, we are studying someone from Gen Z and we have brought back our most controversial guest ever. <laughs> Welcome to Bacon Cell. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Bacon Cell. Who are you? I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, the show that Kent is still beaming about right now. Honestly, thank you for indulging me. Nolan show. Do you think you'll listen? Chris? Yeah. Don't call him Chris. It's Christopher or Topher, you know. Topher, please. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is yeah. Topher Grace's full name yeah, Christopher? Yeah, it's Christopher. Yeah. Topher's oh a pretty gosh. common shortened version. Yeah. I never put that together till right now. Are you now. mad right now? No, I'm kind of I'm kind of impressed. Chris Grace isn't his <laughs> memorable. Topher Grace no. is memorable. Yeah. You think that's his full name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let's save it for that show. Save for our Topher Grace show. <laughs> we had some pretty great comments, uh, including from Rachel Gray Crump, who honestly pretty much gives a great comment every week. I think perhaps I'm not a smart person. I don't love Inception or Interstellar. Too much thinky think for my brain. However, I also want to watch Nolan's Batman series with my girls now, thanks to this episode. It is time. It, it is it's time. It's always time. It's time to watch Batman. Isn't it always time? You gotta enjoy it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. No, that's not one. a maybe. That's a for sure. Here's a shocker from Chris Anderson. She's not seen a single Nolan film. Okay. What? I have a real problem with this. Yeah. Chris. Because Patrons. Chris had us watch 22? The Ghibli movies? Yes. A lot of them. A lot of Studio Ghibli movies. And she hasn't seen any Christopher Nolan movies. This is a challenge, Chris. Make it happen. I did. I called her. I said, let's make it happen. And she said, okay. Or okay, she said K. Good. So, oh. oh, if someone says K, they don't mean it. It was a Jeff who said K. So no. I'm assuming she meant, okay, I'll do it. It means nothing. Yeah. Can I request a show based on Terry Finley's comment on Twitter? That's here. I could listen to a whole episode of you guys saying Michael Kane. Oh, wait. Kane. I just did. <laughs> so wait. Michael We're Kane. sorry and you're welcome. Can we do a Michael Kane <laughs> episode? Michael we Kane. could. A guy Kane. has, like, you look at his early work versus his later work. Yeah. It's, it's completely different worlds. Like, he used to be the young hips, uh, you know, starring romantic lead. Like an, a thug in many movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of yeah. A British thug. And now he's like the old gentleman. And he has been for, geez, I don't know how long. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are going to basics, back to basics, when it comes to movies. We're going to talk about 10 essential movies in film. Well, first of all, let's introduce our guest. Should we? Because I feel like he's just like ready to go. Pounce. He, he is. I was going to say he's our guest. He's here. He's a patron. You know him. You love him. Matt Smudger, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> okay. That was the most underwhelming hi, hi based on who you are as well, a person. Okay. I just, okay, look, there were some listeners who were like, okay, no, I can't handle another Matt Smot yeah. show. And so I was like, okay, for you guys. Maybe I'll turn it back. But no, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. You're worth 60 points in the family feud. I know. I really appreciate <laughs> now, that. Now, to get some history on you, Joel, do you have the episode where Matt's joined it was us before? Episode, so 223, Snap Back to Reality, September 23rd, 2019. So almost a year ago. Yeah. Like almost exactly a year ago. So, so we brought you on that show. We talked about reality competition-based TV shows. Yeah. And we talked about some very well-known ones like Big Brother, Survivor, and some really strange ones where you try out to be a Santa Claus, basically. Yes. And who knew that <laughs> that show would cause so much contention, but you, as a person, are ready to debate 
about anything. Yeah, I think that what the listener doesn't know is that I'm actually, at the time, I just graduated high school, and I was a nationally ranked speech and debater. I was the best in the state of Utah and 30th in the entire country, and so I take what I do very seriously. Yeah. So, very yeah. serious. And, so, and <laughs> at that time, you gave us a list of... How many shows did we have? It to was watch? 21. Uh, something yes, like that. Yeah, so we watched, we watched the pilot episode mm-hmm. or pilot episode and follow-up episode for uh, 21 shows, and Matt's had us try them out and then give our thoughts on it. So Kent and I decided to turn the tables a little bit this time. And it's disgusting, listener. It well, wasn't and not it. only that, but <laughs> you know, as I talked about in the intro, we've talked to a millennial, and this was, what, four or five years ago. That was season one. And it was, yeah, show. it was a very early episode. Just we were incredulous. He hadn't seen certain movies. Mm-hmm. And now that millennial is considered old. That was five years ago. And so now that we have you, basically as a guinea pig, like Joel and I have been thinking about a certain list, which we'll talk about. But it's going to be so interesting to get your take, considering you now you skew even younger. So, Joel, well, how do we come up with this list? We came up with this list back in June of 2019, unrelated to the show. Sorry, mm-hmm. Matt, this wasn't anything it's related to you. It's all good. But this uh, a coworker came up to us. Hey, Eric, what's up? If you're listening, yeah, he came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, I'm just I'm trying to get you know, you know films better. And I know you guys are big into movies. What are some films that you just should watch, like must sees?" And I was like. Oh, you have no idea what you've just asked me. Uh-huh. I'm going to dedicate way too much time at this at work to figure this out. Well, already you have your own list of four phases of horror films. Yes, that's and that's children, what this yes. is spawned from. And now he was asking for what movies should I even watch? Yeah, and so he came and I said, okay. So I started piling up something. I said, you know what? I need some wrong opinions. So I'm going to go to Kent. And <laughs> guess what I said? I actually gave the whole Christopher Nolan list, which I, is crazy. Did I say wrong? I meant contrary. But no, I always think it's a good idea it, whenever you get in your own headspace of like, this is what I think to hand over someone else and like, does this make sense? Right. So I sent it to Kent and he said, you have way too many 80s comedies on here. Mm-hmm. Take them all off. <laughs> yeah, and so then John Hughes. Uh, we started compiling this list together of 10 essential movies. Now, these are not... The highest grossing movies. These are not all best picture winners. These are not even, would would we say, the best movies of all time, nor our favorites of all time. We we were trying to go for like a mix of genres. Yes, these are building blocks of a film education. If you're going to discuss film in the big leagues, we'll say, these are films that you just need to have under your belt as kind of a foundation. And we know there are more. We know there are genres missing here. So let us know on social media what... We have missed possibly maybe what you consider, and it was. But not, this is only ten. Yeah, of what we can that's, that's consider what forty, fifty p- movies to yeah, start. Yeah, Ken with. and I were like building it all out. We're like, no, we have to whittle it down. We have to yeah. whittle it down. We're like, we have to move this one out because we already have enough of this genre. So what we came up with are these ten. Well, and what I love about these ten is these are not like film snobby best film of all times ten. These are extremely approachable movies. Yes, we hope so. We hope that they are approachable to anyone who watches them. That was our goal. So, the 10 we came up with are, in chronological order, The Wizard of Oz, from 1939, Psycho, from 1960, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, from 1966, Jaws, from 1975, Rocky, 1976, Star Wars, 1977, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, Ghostbusters, 1984, Jurassic Park, 1993, and The Matrix, 1999. Now, Matt, you got to watch the 1960 Psycho? Don't you dare. <laughs> I, I, watch the Vince, I watched the Vince Vaughn no, one. No, there is no other version of Psycho. Ah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> anyway, go on. I like how we're tied up now. There's two youngs and two olds on the show right hey. now. Thank you for bringing down our average age, you two. Yeah, we really appreciate <laughs> it. So when we gave you this list, Matts, how many of these 10 movies had you seen? I had only seen one of them. <laughs> out, of that, out of that list of all these big, yes. big, big picture movies. Yes. 
Some, I, some of the biggest movies ever. Yeah. Seen one. Which uh, which one had you seen? I've seen The Wizard of Oz. So the closest <laughs> one to when you were born. <laughs> yes. How'd you know? Vance, I had a. I actually had a revelation as I was doing this research, and today I just I dropped the truth bomb on these guys. Mm-hmm. You were not born before any of these movies were made. Yes, that is true. So The Matrix being 1999, you were still not born. Yes. Insane. That yeah. is mind blowing to me. And I feel I, so old. Well, no. Truthfully, you know, we're talking about you know last week with Christopher Nolan. What's the one? Tenant. No, no, no. Inception. No. Inception, yeah. I, I don't thought, know how I got I it right. <laughs> that's the thing. As a little kid, I thought Inception was like a 90s movie. Oh, like, no joke. I always thought Inception was like a really I love that old he, movie. I love that he said as a little but, kid. Yeah. Because to me, Inception's like just this barely just happened movie. Yeah. <laughs> a modern classic. Yeah. 10 yeah. years old. Like it's weird. Yeah, exactly. So, so but it's the, weird. And, well, I want to bring that back though, because mm-hmm. I, I was floored when I realized you were not born when any of these movies were made. And then I realized, yeah. then Zach said... I was only alive for two of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And then I looked at him like, actually, I was only alive for four of these. But considering where we are in the generational mid game between Gen X and Millennial, Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to know these references for pop culture knowledge. You guys weren't alive for Star Wars? No. Oh, Take it easy. No. Take it easy no, right no, no, now. No, no, no. Sorry, no, because so, my dad was 72, so I thought that... Okay, no, no, yeah, no. Okay, you guys are younger so, than my dad. Oh, yeah, you guys are my mom's age. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to okay. say, yeah, we are, listener, but, you know... Listener, it's okay. I have three moms, so they can pick and choose. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm confused. But I think for Joel, our generation, and maybe even Zach, I think knowing these pop culture references is very important to surviving in junior high and well, high school. And in just friendships i'm not kidding and so i want to know from a young person's perspective if you didn't miss anything by not knowing these references well and one of the things i that gets under my skin is that when, when regarding to film mm-hmm. is when people see a movie and walk out and saying that is the best movie ever of all time and it deserves to be number one on all the lists ever and i'm like it just barely came out right. it hasn't stood the test of time yet i feel like time is the greatest judge of what movies are great and which right. movies are forgotten because you think about some like we watch those best picture winners mm-hmm. And there are years when a movie won that no one ever talks about anymore, but like the runner up is the one like Citizen Kane, for yes. example. I'm not saying it, it's not on our list, but it's one of those movies. How Green Was My Valley won that year. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. But Citizen Kane has become this staple of like great movie making. So I feel like a test of time is the best judge. I hoped by creating this list, we were picking movies that were not just personal favorites, but that have stood the test of time. So we want to give Ranging you from the 30s Matt, to the 90s the, yeah. or any listener that doesn't has seen these movies. <gasps> The education, the necessary film education of movies that have stood the test of time. And you now have watched all these, Matt's. In uh, what space of time are we talking here? Like, were you binge watching or did you space these out, um, space so these out nicely? I, so I did them all in one sitting. Ken's only had to ask me one time uh, where I was. About every I, day. <laughs> where you, you watched them have you watched all in one sitting? No, I didn't know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he structured it pretty oh. well. You said no, that's not the way to watch these movies. It was so funny. So Ken would ask me, where are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've watched two movies. And then he, like a week would pass like or like 10 days would pass. Be like, be like, Matt, where are you? And I'm like, yeah, so I'm at three movies. And so, <laughs> so by the time we scheduled this show, I was like, yeah, Ken, we might even be up to four movies by the time we start, like by the time <laughs> we record. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew I could get anxiety, and now I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's always good, but that's the thing. I watched, um, the most I jumbled in uh, in one sitting was I, I'd watched three movies in the last one within the last 24 hours. Um, okay. And so, but that's the most. But like, the problem, I was going to say, the problem whenever you binge stuff, is it starts to wear on you. It doesn't matter what it is. If you start mm-hmm. binge watching, eventually you're like, oh Gets my lost goodness. In the I promise you, it did not wear out on me because the one I started with was the absolute worst movie I've ever watched. Hold on. <laughs> Hold, on. Hold that. Hold that thought. Hold on. We'll get there. Because let's just go in chronological order yeah. then. 
And let's start with The Wizard of Oz, which is the movie that you had seen. Yeah. Did you rewatch it again for this? No, I did not. Okay, that's fine. Uh, just because, so this honestly, it's hard because I don't really have, I haven't seen this since I was like a very little kid. Well, let me give this an option. You mean like two years for, ago. For anyone who hasn't right. seen yeah, this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> which could be, Dorothy Gill is swept away from a farm in Kansas to a magical land of Oz in a tornado and embarks on a quest with her new friends to see the wizard who can help her return home to Kansas and help her friends as well. Now, this is widely regarded as one of the best films of all time. In fact, back in 2008, I put it on one of my, when I was doing a blog, I put mm-hmm. it on my blog post as the, the movie with the most influence, meaning the greatest movie of all time because of its staying power. So, Matt, when did you see it? Did you see it when you were a kid? So yeah, I watched it when I was a kid. I think I was more so to do with the fact that I actually lived in Kansas for a year. So I just feel like... There's you know, a connection there? Yeah, exactly. I just feel like if you live in Kansas, you have to watch... Were Wizard there tornadoes when you were there? Yes. Uh, and it was very terrifying because me and my sister would be like home by ourselves. Sorry, we had a very different circumstances. Anyway, <laughs> point is, is that we would be home by ourselves and there would be a tornado warning. And so we would just hide wow. in the closet and be like, oh my goodness, I hope that our parents come home. Oh. And then there was also the time where I, uh, where my, my mom came hurts. home, where my mom came home and there was just this random black guy that I let into our house because he knocked and I was like, oh yeah, come on in. Because I was a little kid <laughs> Wait, and I didn't know Around better. a tornado time or <laughs> no. just randomly? No, no. So You so, let a random adult into your house? Yes. It's what I did. I'm sorry. Wow. It's what I did. I was just very, I was also at that time was when I slept through a fire alarm when we were sleeping at a hotel. Uh, I didn't wow. die, as you can tell. And Thank I'm you. Very, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, so Wizard of Oz, like, it's... Um, <laughs> things, that I, things I didn't know were going to come up while doing this Let's show. Let's just talk about your childhood, actually. This is amazing. Well, I mean, that's what that's what we're saving for the next show, right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> precisely. Um, we're actually so, going to have a mom show with your three moms. Oh, so, really? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Wait, you found her? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm adopted, listener. Uh, but <laughs> Keep going. This All is right. great. All right. Let's bring it back to Wizard of Oz. Zach's keeping us on time here. Just give me okay, a look. Okay, cool. It's hard because, again, I haven't seen Wizard of Oz in so long, but, like, all I, like my personal connection with Wizard of Oz is, like, like I auditioned for my, my very first musical audition. Or they, like, gave a song to audition with, and it was uh, If I Only Had a Brain, yeah. mm-hmm. which that was very fun. I just think about it now, and I'm just like, was that movie really good? Like, I don't know if it really was. Well, think was. about the elements. Like, we have the Wicked Witch of the West, who was number four on AFI's top villains list. Mm-hmm. And that's a great, great villain. Do you think she's scary at all? I, oh, yeah, she's terrifying. Right? At least when I was a kid. And yeah. having that element in a movie, and many of these movies do have great villains well, and just great makes me, heroes. It makes me wonder if it has anything to do with, sorry, what's the famous Christmas movie where the guy like It's says, a Wonderful Life? Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, right? Because mm-hmm. the only reason that movie is like, famous is because it was cheap and so they bought it and like re-aired it in homes has and it's a great with, movie well no <laughs> that's, that's like, it was and great. it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time yeah but you only yeah. think that because of how often Joel, it aired you erased it from history so I didn't watch it on TV it. Well, I watch on TV every year. Well, no, but that's, you know, that's the point. And so, like, I know that history with that film and that film is only famous because it aired so much and, and so I'm just movie. like is it? I don't know. I haven't yes, seen it. it. But um Bakinsale proved it is? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Boop. There's gonna be a lot of Bakinsale approved. <laughs> young approved. <laughs> I mean, young approved. I don't like anyway, that movie. Yeah, young approved. No. Young approved. Get off the show. Zach, no, Zach just got here. Uh, but um anyway. But no, like Wizard of Oz, like part of me is just like I want to rewatch it, but then I'm also like, ugh, black and white films. Like, I just, I can't do is them. Is black any, and white for like the first 10 minutes? Is there any part that annoys you? Like, does Dorothy annoy you? Like, the no place like home? No, the really, journey she none has. Of the, none of the characters bother me. None of like the story bothers me. Like, part Not of even it, the king I of the forest. Think, I, it does <laughs> make me, I do still wonder, like, about like, oh yeah, like, you need to, you have great and powerful eyes, yes, right? Yeah. So like, at the end, he's like, you know, they 
reveal him and he's like on a bike or something and i just remember that and i'm like what on earth does that have to do with anything and then he's like oh yeah you've had it the entire time and they're just like oh yeah if you want to go home just go home and i was like this is the most pointless movie of all time like nothing gets accomplished so, but it's, so it's I have all no a idea. dream it's oh, all in Dorothy's it? head. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, she wakes up. Oh, wow. They need to make that more clear. That's well, she a sign recognizes, of bad writing. Like, all the people, all the friends she has, they all look like the characters. Oh. And so it's like, she's like, I had a dream and you were there and you were there and you were oh, there. Oh, right. Yeah. See, maybe I should have rewatched it. I feel bad we're starting with this because the other ones I swear I've actually watched. So Roger <laughs> Ebert shows us as one of his great films writing The Wizard of Oz has a wonderful surface of comedy and music, special effects and excitement. But we still watch six decades later and actually two more decades onto that because the underlying story penetrates straight to the deep insecurities of childhood stirs them and then reassures them well i think one of the reasons it is the greatest movie of all time because this was you just found that as pointless as the movie didn't you well this was well, made no, not pointless 80 i just years disagree ago. this is <laughs> this is over 80 years ago yeah. yeah and yet people still know the tin man they know the scarecrow mm-hmm. they know dorothy they know the oz they know the ruby slippers like all those Toto. things are still part yeah yeah rains down in africa and <laughs> yep <laughs> all of those things are still <laughs> the weezer song right well yeah exactly they're oh, still stop. like referenced and people know them today not many 80-year-old movies can say that. Well, I think that really does go to Matt's point about the fact that it was played so often. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. I Wait, don't it's know. Wonderful Life or Wizard of Oz? Both. Because right? I don't remember ever seeing Wizard of Oz on TV. You don't? I think it's always well, on the Well, you were alive in the 70s, so. No, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I've actually seen this movie all the way through. I really don't. The, Get off the show. Well, it's it, you see it in, in chunks and you see it in pop culture. And I've seen the stage production uh, multiple times, but... You know, I don't know that I've ever sat down and, and thoughtfully and mindfully watched The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, agree. I think it's just so woven into pop the culture fabric. that everybody, whether you've seen it or not, you know about it. Yeah, you just know what it is. And like with all of like, even like, you know, Phineas and Ferb like does a parody of, of The Wizard of Oz, which sure. that's like, like I've seen like almost all the parodies of The Wizard of Oz. And I know, but I haven't. Sure, that 20 I minute parody of this exactly. great classic <laughs> film. See, I'm glad that we agree that the 20 minute parody is great and classic. Wow! Um, like, I'm glad that younger we agree kids don't that. get sarcasm. So, <laughs> sorry, what did you say? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> so, and here's what I want to know: is like we are using this as a launch pad for this film education for kids. Would you have them watch this movie as to start their education as for movies themselves? See, that's the thing. I think that if you are even slightly interested in like anything to do with the film, I do think you need to watch The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can just say that you watched it is more important than actually like <laughs> knowing that you watched it. Yeah. So lying. Like, that's lying is important. It's, no, it's not than lying. I'm not movie. lying to you when I say I've watched The Wizard of Oz. I've watched it like two or three times, but all of them were what I was like five, hey, more to, than Zach. five to seven. <laughs> and so, that's true. You got to leg up on Zach. Exactly. And so like, I'm not lying to you when I say, oh yeah, I've seen The Wizard of Oz, but I also like, I can tell you really anything about it. Like I tried okay. to and I don't know. So, so yeah, be, I'm like the opposite. I don't know that I've actually sat and watched it all the way through, but I could tell you everything about it. Yeah. yeah. Considering that's the one that you saw maybe many, many years ago. I want to get to the ones that you probably have more opinions on. Yeah. So we're jumping all the way to 1960s. So from yeah. 1939. We kind of jumped over the 40s and 50s. Yeah, but, and there's great films and in there. There were, and we had them in there, but we had to pull them out. And yeah. so this, The Wizard of Oz was, one of, was our classic Hollywood kind of pick. Mm-hmm. Next up, we went for suspense and horror. Yeah, the, the quintessential early horror. It's suspense, we'll say. This yes. is our suspense pick. So Psycho. 1960. Zach. I've seen this movie. Well, I want to know why you put this movie on the list. It's one of those movies that, personally, this is just my opinion again. Yeah. I feel like it is a perfect suspense thriller. Not a frame is wasted. Not a shot is wasted. 
and it, it, it subverts your expectations. I love showing this to people who have no idea what's going to happen because when it happens, yeah. they're floored because they've gotten accustomed to certain and ways of I'm watching I'm surprised movies. you found many people who have never seen this movie because it is a joy to share this one because it, it turns is. out like this weird mystery about stolen money and turns into something else entirely. And this is directed by Alfred Hitchcock, who you can listen about in episode 175, Bacon Sell the Men Who Knew Too Much mm-hmm. About Hitchcock because we watched every single Alfred Hitchcock movie. This movie is suspense perfection. Well, what I really appreciate about this movie is it really ushered in the modern era of watching movies when they're playing, watching them from beginning to end because coming in before the movie starts and because it used to be you just walk in whenever and this Mm -hmm. one they said nope. Yeah, yeah, movies movies back in the day were just playing. You would walk in midway through, leave partway through, and this really was like you're going to sit down when it starts. You're going to watch the whole story and leave and be shocked. So. We've talked too much. Mets. Oh, oh, I should give the synopsis. Yeah. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. Mets. Mets, you watched Psycho just for the first time. Yeah, about a week ago. How much did you, did you know much about it? Like, of course I knew Psycho. I knew I was going to know who, like, the characters were once they were introduced. Mm-hmm. I But I had no idea, like, mm-hmm. who was going to be introduced. Like, I had no idea that... So we're going to yeah. spoil a little bit here for 1960s for sure. Psycho, just to let you know. Matt's go ahead. Well, you literally have it written here. The famous Bates Motel. I was just so shocked that, you know, of course, it's permeated pop culture. Yes. Like, there's no way to not know about Norman Bates. And also, they did perfect casting for the TV show, which they I've never seen. Because I was like, dude, that looks like Charlie Buckets. Yeah. Like, that totally does. Um, <laughs> I like, so, that's so <laughs> funny. I that love, sounds so wrong. I love how you're saying that he looks like, uh, what's his name? Freddie Highmore. Yeah, Freddie Highmore, yeah. Um, because it's just funny, because I remember when they when you're, you're watching it in reverse, you, you yeah. know Bates Motel first, and then Psycho second. Yeah. I know Psycho first, and then I watch Bates Motel. But I also kind of, when I, I've watched a few episodes of, of uh, Bates it's Motel. It's really good. And yeah. it stressed me out, because yeah. I was like, I kept being like, I hope this ends well. And I'm like, no, I know where this ends. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Just so that people can stop hanging in suspense. I went into Psycho thinking that I was not going to like this movie. And I left genuinely feeling like I became a better person. Wow. I think that what? if you have, I think that if you I thought, have, first bet, I thought, I thought for sure you would have going to hate all these movies. No, no, no. I think if you have any interest in being a decent human being, you need to watch Psycho. Okay. There are movies that you could say that about. And they're generally inspiring movies. They're not about dressing up and shower scenes. No, but that's not, it's not really what it was about. And though. I totally understand you, a, but give yeah. your reasoning. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's a fascinating the take. That's the thing. So for me, it was just more so of a depiction of society where I know that like with everything. Oh that's no, going we live on, in a society. And with, yeah, with, with our society and with everything that's going on, it's just very easy to believe that like the world is just getting worse and people are just bad. But as you start to watch the movie, like honestly, society has not changed at all. Like this is just about like these two people who are in like a sort of like secret affair thing. That's like also not an affair. It was kind of weird. It wasn't explained very well, but that's okay. It's about this lady who steals $40,000. Yes, but she steals $40,000 to be with the love of her life. And then she, you know, something really bad ends up happening. But after talking to Norman Bates, she ends up changing her mind and wanting to grow and become a better person. And I think that's where the true like horror of it is, is because mm-hmm. she dies before she's able to make that change. <laughs> and Matt, then you're making me so proud. Right okay. now. I know, right? <laughs> really, really and proud. Then, and then when we go to Sam, I remember I literally almost started crying because he was actually so. Sam is the main the protagonist, boyfriend. the boyfriend. He's actually writing her love letters, which he said that he would do if she didn't want to meet with him anymore. And so then it's like this other tragic story of like th- this guy was genuinely in love with her and was going to do whatever it took to be with her. And she died because she yeah. was trying yeah. to be, she was being selfish, but also trying to do something selfless. And yep. I think, I do think you're right that the, but also like the movie helped me understand like 
my grandparents a lot better because really these people are just so blunt mm-hmm. like that's just how they were in the 60s mm-hmm. and i think that i think that anytime you watch a movie it's a depiction of society at that time mm-hmm. and i think that if you watch a movie with that in mind and with like the idea of like trying to learn from you learn from it then i think that there is always something to learn from a movie or from anything that is absolutely so, true yeah. yeah and so this movie just made me feel like i felt like i connected more to my grandparents i felt like i connected more to my society and so i genuinely so, left like i was so like of course the ending is like very terrifying with yeah, the yeah. last monologue but after the movie was done i was just like man that was because also i didn't know it was a mystery mm-hmm. like i had no mm-hmm. idea because like that's the thing i knew did you know the twist yeah i knew the twist that Norman Bates' mother is dead, and that yep. yeah, and that he's just carrying her, and he's like you, keeping her. Do you feel any empathy for Norman Bates? I uh, because the way they present him, yeah. in all of his normal Norman yeah, Bates exactly. parts at the beginning, like they present him as this very likable guy, and he's That's also like it. honestly really funny. That's and, one of the reasons I love it is because you were following Marion for the beginning. There, she is your yeah. protagonist, and um, the only other sympathetic character you have is Norman Bates. So when she get, gets killed, yeah, then he's the you, protagonist. You start going sympathizing yeah. with him, and mm-hmm. then you find out about him, and you're like. I've been sympathizing with the monster. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was fascinating because the entire time I was watching, I was just like, I know he's, I know he's speaking her voice. But how is he doing it? But then like every time that like the killer ran in and it was, you know, dressed as the mom, I was like, who is that? And like, yeah. I know it has to be him dressed up. But then, but then when it showed him carrying the body, I was like, what on earth? Yeah. She's so, dead. Why on earth is, are they doing this? When so, you were watching this for the first phenomenal. time, do you realize that like the shower scene probably is the, that's the, the shot scene, in yeah. all film yeah. history? No, it is 100% the shot. And it was With so the funny music and everything. because as soon as it was done and you saw the blood, I was like, <laughs> that's totally chocolate sauce. <laughs> Cause you know that. <laughs> Cause we've talked about it here. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was just watching. I was like, man, that like really makes me want ice cream. But also like, no, <laughs> No, um, I've never uh, heard. I've never heard anyone watch Psycho yeah. and say, "I want ice cream and, and I love my grandparents." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was. I'm a better man. It was. Uh, no, I, I 100. That's amazing. That's yeah. a great take, man. And also, every single scene, like the jump scare scenes, they genuinely got me. Yeah, right. and especially with uh, Arbogast on the stairs. Yeah, Arbogast on the stairs, because because of course it's like you know him falling down this way. It's like yeah, they had to do of, a re- weird rear projection there. It was kind yeah, of weird, it was kind of weird, but still like the whole like because she, uh, she he she yeah. just say walks she out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And so he just walks out of nowhere and then just stabs him. And it was terrifying. Would you watch more movies like this from this time era? Maybe even from Hitchcock? Oh, see, that's the thing. I love black and white movies. But like... I thought you just said you didn't like black and white movies. So look, black and white... So that's the thing. Black and white movies are very easy to fall asleep in. Like Phantom of the Opera, I can never get past the black and white part. Like the old silent one? No, like the updated one. Joel Schumacher one? one? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It starts black and white. I know. I've been told. <laughs> so many versions. I've been told that the most recent one is like black and white for like five minutes, but I yeah, can never get. Yeah, it's barely black yeah, and white. Yeah, no, that's the thing. If it's black and white, Wait, then you got to like. You do hate movies that go from it. black and white to color, I that's think. That's what it is. Is it? Because it was Wizard of Oz and Same Time of the Opera. But like Enchanted animation to like live action I feel like that's weirdly enough I had the same exact problem with the movie Casino Royale really <laughs> it took me forever to really? get through it's it it's a three okay. minute scene I know <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you there what but is yeah. it with young Thank kids you, in black and white movies <laughs> alright let's move on to the next movie yes well, next. that went really well guys should we just stop the good. show there probably you know, I feel like so warm and compassionate right now and I don't want to go into any other go. well how about next up from 1966 the good the bad and the ugly the challenge Matt's, this was our challenge for you, right? Like, we needed to throw a Western in here, and we knew that giving you a Western would be a bad, bad thing because they're generally three hours long. And this is yeah. the longest movie we gave you with 177 minutes. And we're sorry? A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against a third in a race to find a fortune in gold buried in a remote cemetery. Wah, wah, 
So, Matt's, this is Clint Eastwood at his most Clint Eastwoodiest. This is Sergio Leone at his most spaghetti. <laughs> yes. Ennio <laughs> Morricone. This is called a spaghetti western. It's it's an Italian person trying to mimic the style of, of American western. I don't think this is your or my favorite western. No. But I think this is what you consider when you think of the western genre. Yes. Okay. And so we want to give this Fair one enough. to you. Yes, it doesn't quite fit with the rest of this, but you needed this part of American film history. It does yeah, fit the rest of this because it's it's one of those film culture things. Like Correct. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is something that is referenced. Just mm-hmm. the title alone and the, the score and everything. So, Mance, give us your review of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Cool. So one of the first things I wrote, because of course I went into it not really being very excited. It's three hours and it's a Western, which I've never watched But Western. no black and white. Yeah, no black and white. It's like the third thing I wrote on my notes. Sergio Leone, he's the director? To be honest, I have no idea who he is. Like, I've <laughs> never heard of that name before in my entire life. And so the entire movie, I was trying to figure out, why don't I know this guy? And then the movie just kept going, and I was like, oh, this is why I don't know this guy. Because he directed an awful film that literally, it's three hours long, and you could literally cut out a full hour and a half of it, because it's just, just building up suspense. Literally, the final shootout between the three guys, honestly, as because I also edit, like, for fun. Every now and then, I know Zach does, too. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, it shows the the faces of each person in the shoot. That's one of his things. Back yeah. Extreme close-ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's great. You go around each person like once or twice, maybe three times if you're feeling lucky. He goes around, I swear, at least 20 times per person. And it just keeps going <laughs> back and forth. For you just said, you just said he, what he does is he creates suspense. None Except, of what you just said no, there no, 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 sounds no. bad. No, no, no. So he loves to create suspense by stretching it out so thin that it eventually okay. dies, Matt, passes I on to the to next life. And then isn't resurrected. It's your in time final moment. You're so about far. to be shot by one or two people, right? This is your final moment. You don't think you want that moment to be longer? <laughs> I don't want it to be a full four minutes. I don't want <laughs> to be the score. I don't know the score. Okay, you know what? The score is amazing. See, I always thought that tune was famous because the movie was so good, but really, it's only and famous it because the tune is repeated literally every five <laughs> minutes in the stupid film. Literally, I like you watch something five minutes later. Five minutes later, I hate a repeating theme in a motif. Literally, it's. Literally, just like, like, okay. oh my goodness, it's but hit how did over the head. This is Don't a watch movie Dr. Zhivago, trust me. Okay, so you said it's the worst movie ever, but if it were, they cut out that hour and a half, you'd like it better. Yes, I would. So it's just the length. Because when the actual plot was happening, it was really great. But then it would just like go to somebody walking and then go to another person walking and then go to another person walking just to go back to the first person who's still walking <laughs> just to repeat okay. this process six more times. Now, I'm going to tell you this. And by the time you've watched Matt's, all of this, it's seven minutes this, and it's not okay. This movie walks so others could run. Like this movie invented a lot of that filmography no. so that maybe someone could I mean, shorten it and make an hour and a half movie in the future. I mean, there's a whole, there's the 50s Western that then became the 60s Spaghetti Western right. and 70s Spaghetti Western. But and Matt's, it, I, I do feel like we maybe need to give you, a, like not for this show, but just on the side, we'll give you our favorite Westerns, a couple of really fun ones. Yeah. Just yeah. so you can enjoy those. That's the thing. My, uh, one of my good friends is like, he's obsessed with Westerns, I found mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And he's actually disappointed because he's never watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And I was just telling him like, yeah, if you want to watch it, watch it. But I mean, like, <laughs> just like True Grit or uh, uh, The Searchers or Maverick. High uh, Noon. Yeah. High Noon's a good one. So, well, I, I do think it's a good take though. Even like I was going to bring up High Noon. That was the first class that I 
I watched when I was taking film classes. And it is kind of common in the Western genre for a lot of it to build atmosphere and build mm-hmm. tension, but feel like it's not going anywhere. So yeah. I totally get that. Because it's the Old West. It's yeah. so unpredictable. And I think it also has to do with uh, just my generation because I grew up with technology. And so I'm just very used to having. So having it's gratification. Very yeah. Gratification quickly. Yeah. And I like I, I like to think I'm pretty patient. I know I'm not, but I like to think I am. <laughs> and then this movie takes your patience and then just drags it out. And it's just so that it's so thin. It Would you exist. ever watch another Sergio Leone movie again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For I just, a few dollars more, fistful of dollars, any of those. It just okay. Wait, real, real quick. All I have to say is, you know what I really love in my movies Sarcasm is when there are, here we go. No, like no, 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 is when there are voiceovers to go over the actual audio that don't match up or sync with the voice, like oh. the actors at all, mm-hmm. because they were speaking mm-hmm. a different language. Yeah, yeah. ADR sure. once again, spaghetti western filmed in not Italy. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. It's not okay. And also, like I had no idea. It's actually okay. I also had no idea. It happens a lot. I had no idea who Tuco or the ugly were. I didn't realize they were the same person until I googled the Wikipedia page and read it. Okay, can I ask a serious question? Yes. Be honest. Were you on your phone while watching these movies? Yes. There was literally a, no oh. only. So no, Yes. Oh, wow. I'm on my phone. That's okay. so bad. Wow. Oh, man. How dare I be on my <laughs> phone? Like you can play you, snake on that thing. Matt, you know the cardinal rule is when someone recommends a movie to you, you can't be distracted during it. I didn't say... I'm just waiting for this film to be over until one hour, 41 minutes and 17 seconds into the movie. And then, and then about 20, no, 40 minutes later, I said, I'm so sorry. We're at the actual battle, but I've become so disinterested. I'm just singing lyrics to don't stop believing because I was so <laughs> hey, she's just a small girl How did living you, in a lonely, lonely world. world. How did you get my notes for Interstellar? Knock <laughs> oh, <laughs> it off. Don't H- make Kent angry. H- yeah. Interstellar right. is so complicated. We got to move on. Anything else you want to say about this before we move on? It's just, don't Westerns never, are tough. Hey, it. by the way, the older you get, the more you'll like them. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I, really, I was the same way. I've, uh, All right, so I'm we went done. from Western, and then Ken and I decided to dive deep into full oh, horror. Oh, I love where you're going with this. Yes, because we were suspenseful with Hitchcock. A lot of the violence is not seen on the screen. Jaws is violence on the screen, even if you don't see the shark most of the time. Mm-hmm. Jaws, 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg, which you can go back and listen to episode 65. <laughs> Steven Spielberg and the Raiders of the Lost Art. Back in July of 2016. We're so proud of that it. title. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> so this is a PG movie, but I'm definitely saying this is not for kids. No. This, this is phase three horror, I think, in my kids list. So, And this is another one where it's like everyone should kind of eventually see at some point. I, they don't show this on TV anymore, really. Not really. You may see a sequel on TBS or something. Yeah. But this is this is one of those movies that, once again, you know. You hear Jaws, you know Shark. Just yeah. Did you, Matt, did you know much about the theme? Like if you were in the ocean and you heard... Da-na. Yes, uh, of course knew, I know what the theme is. You knew there was fear, right? Yes, of course. Oh my goodness, how old do you think I am? <laughs> I'm not sure. Dude, come on. So, synopsis. I watched Jimmy Neutron. They did an episode like <laughs> they did an episode wow. parodying Jaws. Anyway, so so synopsis. I know all about this. Save it for the Jimmy Neutron show. Yes, never, yes. never. You mean the bad animation show? Yeah, we could do that. That's an iron. When do a, a killer shark, yes. when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, it's up to local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. Matt's this created the modern day blockbuster yeah we this, would not have blockbusters this had a budget this, movie. this had a budget of nine million dollars made 472 million 52 times its budget wow you're acting like i know what a blockbuster movie is 
Big, uh, big movie. Big, big summer, summer movie. movie. Yes, yeah. Big summer movie. Yeah. So any movie no, that was that, released in the summer that uh, made like, money back. Some, a ton of bad movies that made yeah. summer. Movies with big budgets and special effects and big actors and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> they were very That's rare very, back in the day. Yeah. And now you see... 10 a year. Yeah, least. makes sense. And yeah. that's probably why you don't really recognize what they are because they they don't really differentiate they come out every much yeah. anymore. Also known as like tentpole movies. Correct. Yeah. They, yeah, they're so, kind of big movies the studios are throwing out Thoughts there. on Jaws. So this is the only movie I actually had to pay to watch and I really wish I... I could have let you borrow it. Well, I watched this one on VidAngel and sadly the filtering accidentally like screwed up the scene at the beginning and so then I had to go back and unfilter and rewatch it and and all that. But anyway, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I really did. I grabbed my attention the entire time. I'm trying... It's hard because I actually watched it uh, today and I after I was done watching, I just didn't really have any thoughts. Like it was just a good movie. Like... Was yeah, because it, it's say, a creature feature. Yeah. And so there's yeah. not like a lot of deep philosophical themes to it. It's yeah, a story deep. of survival. Uh, there we go. Once yeah. again. But here's my question, Matt. So seeing as how you don't see the shark for most of the movie, was that effective for you or would you rather have seen more of the shark? No, I think it was very effective just because I already have a really big fear of drowning. And so oh. that first scene when she's mm-hmm. like being tossed around oh. and then when she says it hurts, like it was, it was really hard to watch. And for me, actually, it's like, it's just hard. Like I don't, I don't like watching people die like at so all. And so it's just hard. In any no, in any movie. I would rather watch like an entire planet blow up, like in one of these movies, versus actually watching like <laughs> one person. So modern day blockbuster, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. did I was gonna say, do you like the horror genre? Is that one you enjoy watching? I do enjoy watching horror. I do enjoy the horror genre. The reason why is because it's very similar to a reality game show where mm-hmm. you are just trying to last as long as you possibly can right. and people Good are dropping point. one by one. And yeah. so I've always been fascinated with that idea. But every time I play like something in a horror movie or like I play horror video games, mm-hmm. I die first and it's not okay. But, <laughs> so were yeah. you watching these three men on this boat and were you saying he's going to go first, he's going to go well, second? That's the thing. I, thing. Well, that's the thing. I already knew because I've read the plot of, of Jaws a couple of times uh, before. And so, and also like the whole father-son scene with like him copying him. I, love I knew because Joel talks about that a lot anytime we guys so talk cute. about Jaws. And so I was excited for that scene and then it hit me in the heart and I was just like very touched. And then... But um, what bit you in the heart? Not yeah, what, hit what, you in the heart. What, was there a part that scared you more than others? Really, it was the it was the part when um, the, the captain is dying. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. When Quinn gets... Wait, in. yeah. It wasn't the Quint story. Because I feel like the story about the Indianapolis Um, is the most terrifying part. Well, the part that gets me and gets most viewers, I feel, is the jump out scare when the body falls down when they're investigating. Mm. Terrifies me every time, even though I know it's coming. But you're definitely right. The Quint dying with the shark biting him. It was hard to watch. And it was also awful because it was uh, mirroring how his friend had died that he had talked about in the story. Uh, To be completely honest, I actually missed the first half of the story because of my stuffy nose and I couldn't breathe. And so I was just like... Like sniffling the entire time, and so I missed it. Would you be willing to rewatch this one? Because that part is definitely worth rewatching. Or just that gets me every time. Honestly, I don't know. It was just it was just hard to watch, especially when the mom who lost her who loses her son blames you know our yeah blames Brody when it really had nothing to do with Brody. Right, and that just really agitated me. And I just I hate I hate people making decisions that are first unintelligent, Mm -hmm. but also not like not like holding themselves accountable and like standing, standing behind like the mayor the the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. The mayor agitated me like none other. Cause like, it's fine if you want to like keep the beach open, but like Mm -hmm. be the one that like, you know, takes credit for it instead of saying, Oh yeah, the woman who just lost her son was wrong. Don't listen to her. It's like, screw you, dude. You're the worst. (laughs) Die. And he didn't die. Family friendly. 
So it just made I, me I love so how sad. you say I hate watching people die. Why don't you die? <laughs> See, well, no, I but, hate I hate watching people who want to change and who like have hope die. Yes. But people who like you know, like, which is why Psycho got you. But, yeah. yeah, but that's yeah. the thing, Matt. I think that shows it's a good character because you hate the mayor so mm-hmm. much in this movie, and he's not like he's not the killer, but yeah. you hate him. Because he is so irresponsible. Yeah. And I think it's a, a, a testament to his character as both an actor and the writing of the character. So yeah, as someone and so a young anchor jacket and hasn't seen a lot of maybe movies with crappy special effects. How did you feel the special effects held up in this? No, one? honestly, it was like it's better than like most shark movies. Probably uh, they would be yeah. super happy to hear you say yeah, that. No, honestly, it, no, because it honestly was. everything was almost a mistake in this one. Yeah, no, because when I first watched uh, when I first got with Angel, I actually watched uh, 47 meters down. Oh, yeah. 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 That movie was that movie was suspenseful. Right. Yeah. But like it was. It was a, it was yeah, a, CG sharks. It was a weird movie. There's yeah. something about CG versus practical mm-hmm. effects. I'm yeah. telling you. Well, honestly, CG sharks scare me way more because there's more of them and it's terrifying. <laughs> but but the point is, is that honestly, the it looked like a real shark. It did, and then mm-hmm. like it wasn't bad until the the professor guy uh, gets jump scared by the right. dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only time, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I don't think you I would should. ever let people like watch it in my house. But like. It's, <laughs> It's not. It's fine. The thing is, like horror, movie. horror is such a subjective genre where some people like some things, some people like other things, and like there's definite lines. I totally understand. Yeah. That. Just have a swimming pool party and watch this. Yeah. No. It's great. No. Yes. Uh, I, I always want to do that. I yeah. always want to do like watching it like at Surf and Swim in Leighton. They can like, sell the, pool party. Uh, yeah. Right on there. the wave pool, just <laughs> on watching watching this Why? on a tube no. in the water. Why? Because it's what is so wrong with you? you come wait. There's no sharks no, in the water, okay, please. No, no. I, also, anyway. I also thought there were sharks at Surf and Swim. So well, I, I, I fool myself thinking there's sharks in Can we go? Like, I'm not okay. To. I'm not comfortable. Okay, so next up, <laughs> oh Ken, and I, Ken and I aren't big sports people. No. Uh, but we decided we need to put a sports type movie in this. This is a sports type movie. This is a sports type movie. I wouldn't say this is a sports movie. I don't think this is a very sportsy movie. Boxing is a sport, and this is an underdog sport. There's an underdog story. This, this is, is an American dream story. This is, yes, it's a fictional story, I'll, but at the same time. I'll tell you why it's not a sports movie. I don't like sports movies. I love this movie. Okay. So the movie we chose from the following year, 1976, and it's Rocky. A small-time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. This is directed by John G. Alvinson, who did The Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3. Wow. And Rocky 5. What? So he did Rocky and Rocky 5. Was oh, this not? That's a drop off. And this is, by the way, gentlemen, I looked it up. This is probably the biggest success story because this is a budget of $960,000 and it made $225 million, 234 times its budget. Also, Sylvester Stallone like, kept pitching this movie to other people and he kept, yeah. he kept being told no because he wanted to play uh, you know, Rocky and nobody would let him. Uh, my dad is a really big fan of this film, which is why I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I still have never seen it. <laughs> and so yeah, it's weird. You yeah. see Stallone now and the action movies he does, which are very forgettable. And he wrote this movie. Like a lot of his early writing is just works of art. To be completely honest, I've never seen Sylvester Stallone in anything. But yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, of course. You hadn't seen the movies? Like the the impression. So Sylvester Stallone and I actually have the same birthday. Oh, So that's why why I'm like, oh man, Sylvester Stallone, dude. Like, you're pretty chill. Also, also interesting fact. What's your star sign, Sylvester? The creator of Jeopardy, Merv Griffin, was also born on July 6th, my birthday. There we go. So tell us your thoughts about Rocky. My first thought was, wait, is Apollo Creed not a real person? Oh, I yeah. thought he was. Because you thought this was a true story. You know, a lot of people no, think no. Rocky is a real person, too. No, I knew Rocky yeah. wasn't. I just thought Apollo Creed was a real wrestler. And then he's the main, like, he's the main attack, well, antagonist, quote unquote. And I was yeah. like, wait, is he not real? Like, I thought my entire life <laughs> he was real. Because you've heard the name so often? Yes, yeah. Well, I thought they had Apollo the new, Creed the newest, was a real guy. The newest movies are called Creed. 
Yeah, and so I thought he was. I thought he was real. And then my second thought, as they were, you know, as he was wrestling against uh, like Spider Guy. Uh, oh, it's a boxing s- movie. Spiders? Boxing. No, the Spider Guy. That's the na- That's his nickname. The guy that Rocky fights at the beginning of the movie. That's oh, his nickname. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Spider-Man. Oh, okay, at least one of us has seen this movie, it's guys. The human, uh, yeah. the human spider. Bonesaw. Yeah, yeah Bonesaw. <laughs> is ready. Nice, nice. So then the second thing I wrote was, maybe it's because I'm more of a peacemaker, but I've never understood boxing or fighting. Like It's like, we need world peace, but also boxing is, an, is a fun sport. It's a sport, though. I mean, but you like, know, exactly. Yeah, boxing whole life. is... I don't like boxing as a sport at all, but for whatever reason, it makes for great movies. Yes. No, Rocky yeah. gave me unrealistic expectation of boxing matches. Yeah. You watch a real boxing match, they're, they're not basically that fun. just hugging each no, other. No, but boxing movies tired. are really But dramatic. the way boxing movies are choreographed with the guy's coming out strong, he starts losing for most of the time, and he comes back at the end, the music score just rises at, the, at that point. That's not how real boxing works, yeah. but it works in these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what Rocky does well, but Rocky is so surprising because I think it's this... American Dream story. Spoiler alert. And then the end happens. Yeah. Well, did that surprise you at all? No, because Joel talked about that on the previous episode. Where, Dang like, it. It's this, it's this really big deal that like Rocky... We gave a spoiler alert then, though. That Rocky doesn't win. And I'm watching this movie thinking like, okay, so they got to set it up that he wins. And I'm just like, they're not setting this up for him to win at all. Well, like, this is very is, obvious. They, the, the thing I like about it is they don't really make you... Th- they, well, they give you a hope that he could win. Mm-hmm. But it's the audience who's seen all these underdog yeah. stories before. It's like, yeah, I know this story. Underdog fights the big guy and he wins. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's not really what the movie was about, though. And he no. even and that's the thing. He even says it too. You know, like right at the climax. He's well, no, after the climax, right before the fight. He's just saying, I just want to last through through the rounds because if I can last, if I can go the distance. Yeah, if I can go the distance, then that means that like I have worth. And that made me like, oh, very emotional because I actually, I actually really connected to. Um, Rocky with this because when I competed at nationals uh, my senior year it was my first time competing at nationals but when I I was in speech and debate. I didn't have a coach because my coach changed every single year. And so I was self-taught in everything that I did. And then I somehow made it to nationals. And then best in Utah, 30th in the the country. I was like, I actually have a chance here. Like I could win. And so a lot. And so when you said he loses and then watching this is like, oh yeah, that happened to me. That happened to me. That happened to me. He loses. And you met Adrian along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you met Adrian. And also I love his relationship with Adrian just because he is so awkward and he he just keeps talking. And I'm just like, man, Rocky. Like after, um, like honestly, a solid like 30 40 minutes into the movie that's actually when i was just like no this is a character that i want to have six movies of so that's what like, i wanted to know because this first movie feels different from the other ones and you should so. find that out if you watch them this yeah. is more about the personal story of rocky balboa yeah and then they kind of become sports action movies after this which is great to watch it's really fun but this is the first one that's it's real character study yeah right of course so you like that that didn't bore you at all no it did not bore me and then by the end it was it wasn't really about like the fighting and even like and sorry i hope this isn't too dramatic even my therapist talks to me about this every now and then is like how uh he's never understood sports and i also have never understood sports but the reason being is because people who like sports like can see the story they see these people have like given their all or have like fought their way to be where they are and that's why the game is so interesting because you're seeing these stories collide and so that's when i really liked the fight at the end uh compared to the beginning because i knew who rocky was i knew Mm -hmm. what he was trying to do and like where he was trying to go and so it was it was really cool. The scene with him in the doorway talking to a door is exactly why he's famous. 
He's ridiculous, but also extremely kind and honorable. Anyway, yeah. I just okay. to say that. It sounds great. like you really like this movie. Yeah, I was crying. Well, I wasn't crying. I was tearing up. You okay. could say crying. It's okay. Yeah. I cry all the time. Right? Yeah. This is, no, this is like the man card I cry at Rocky movie. 5. Okay. Well, thing, I, Stop that. I, just because it was made. That's the thing. Measure I cry of a man. in like most movies, but like this one, I just, oh man, it was, I, I know me when I cry, I was not crying, but I was yeah. like, man, Rocky. Gets you there. This sounds like your second favorite of the list so far. Um. Was it? You can maybe answer well, at the end of the show. At the end, at the end you, I'd like to hear your top three. <laughs> top three, bottom three. <laughs> Shoot, I need to come up with my top three. Okay. Well, we'll just off the top of your head. Now, I'm not sure if you just want to plead the fifth on this next one. This is totally up to you. But I know that this was a personal challenge, maybe a challenge from other people, of a movie that you would never, ever watch. You wanted to be the final person. This was your Titanic. Yeah. What movie is this? Star Wars. Episode four, specifically. Just call it Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to call it a new hope. It's 1977 Star Wars. Star Wars released May 25th, 1977. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> directed by George Lucas, who has only directed six feature length movies. Mm-hmm. And most of Four them Four of which Wars. were Star Wars. Yeah. That, that blew my mind when I realized he hadn't directed that much at all. What's the not American graffiti? Uh, THX. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one, uh, budget of $11 million, $775 million at the box office, mm-hmm. 70 times its budget. This is a big, big popular movie that spawned a universe. A whole movement of things. Some better than others, but you, you were holding on to not seeing this movie because you didn't want to or just because it was popular? Uh, just because I had made it so far. Oh. Like, like it was one of those movies that maybe you've never felt the need to. Well, no, it's Did, like, that's the thing. I made it to 2020 without having seen Star Wars episode four, five, or six, or one, two, or three. And I was like, that is an accomplishment. Like, yeah. I've, like, and I've only seen seven, eight, and Rogue One. Uh, which I really enjoy. Wait, 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 wait. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Why? You killed Joel. You killed Joel. Wait. Wait, so when you say, I've never seen Star Wars, you can't actually say that. If you've seen 7, 8, and Rogue One. Well, I mean, especially if you've seen I mean, 8. I mean, no, according to you guys, you wait. don't count 7, 8, or wait. Rogue One, or 9. So wait. technically, I wait. haven't seen, because it's all about whether or not you've seen the no, original No, that's like episodes, you saying, right? I've seen the holiday special, but I've never seen Star Wars, and I, that's, I'm going to die on this hill Matt. okay there's a couple things that really surprised me there <laughs> one i thought you hadn't seen any of the movies so i'm surprised that you seen all of them secondly you started with seven and thirdly you didn't even watch nine <laughs> and you watched rogue one well. and not solo like it's just it, the picking and choosing is confusing me so seven eight and then rogue one all came out like together and yeah, then recently. none of my friends went to see solo so i didn't and then so this is peer pressure like they're like, hey, honestly, we're going to go see a movie. Honestly, but you yeah. never, saw, honestly, you never yeah. saw the completion of the story. Well, because none of my friends did either because they were all serving missions. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever make the decision, hey, let's all go see this movie? You're just like, oh, yeah, I'll go see a movie with no, you guys. No, so I, so as you were talking about, like in middle school or high school, it's hard to like get through without like. The pop know, culture relevance, films. right. So I faked my way into the Star Wars friends. Nice. <laughs> and, and, How so? And all that. Because I grew up, uh, I grew up playing Battlefront on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And game. so, yeah, Battlefront, Battlefront 2. And so mm-hmm. I had played that game a little bit because it was only at my cousin's house. But all of my friends who love Star Wars, all of them are obsessed with it. Um, my one connection is that I also love Battlefront. And so when we started like our Star Wars group, uh, it was one so that came out on PlayStation 4, the Battlefront game. And so we'd all play Battlefront together. And so they all just assumed I'd seen all the movies. It's so interesting that, that you can love that you love the video game without having the, the movie foundation. That's the, and did you yeah. know character names? Like classic character names? Well, like I mean, Luke, Leia, Yeah. Luke Leahan, of course. Well, like, those original know. Battlefront games are kind of better than those movies. Just Preach. And Get then, but, like, off I know the show, Zach. It's the prequels. Wait, better oh, than the prequels. Oh, prequels. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I thought you were saying the original trilogy. Oh, I'm like, no, 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 what are you no, talking no. about? No. I'm just mean like the, the Battlefront yeah. games are better Hot than the Hot take Zach movies. over like, here. Jeez. Like, <laughs> I, know who, I know who Ahsoka is. 
and like well, yeah. no one else like, does so that's okay uh, <laughs> just kidding star wars fans okay yeah <laughs> so okay how much of the movie did you know going in would you say you knew 30 percent of the movie 50 percent of the movie so according to you guys i knew the entire movie because i had seen episode seven Oh, well, ah, burn. Wait, nice. Burn. It's you guys. I, I mean, that's it. Oh, man, that's so fascinating that you watched Seven first and then wait, watched Four. Did you think Seven was a good movie on its own? I love cool Seven. Story. I thought Seven was phenomenal. The Force Awakens, by the way. Yeah, Force yeah, Awakens. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. You, you should yeah. clarify what we're doing. Yeah, I thought, and then did you I like Last Awakens Jedi? Was phenomenal. I love Last Jedi, too. I know you guys hated it, and that's where I feel like, oh, why are you guys saying Zach? <laughs> Zach! And they're taking off their headphones okay, cool. and walking Zach. away. Dude, we got bacon sale, just us two. How that's, exciting that's, that's is that? That's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah. So you that's killed actually, bacon sale. So that's actually where a lot of my friends who are Star Wars junkies, shout out to like Andy, Dylan, and Tyler. What's uh, up, Andy, and Brendan. Dylan, Tyler? Uh, Brendan. But anyway, sorry, because if I ugh, I miss out, I have way too many friends, guys. It's an issue. Have you ever <laughs> oh, had that issue? Oh <laughs> my gosh. Like, you could have no, said that. Hey, have, no. why have you seen Star Wars? I have way too many friends. No, no, no. <laughs> like the other day, I was going to get lunch with one of my friends and was like, oh my goodness, Heavenly Father. Like, sorry. I was like, oh my goodness. You I say please too bless many. here. Well, no, I was just like, I was panicking because I was like, I have too many people I'm trying to like maintain one-on-one relationships with. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to pick and choose. I love all these people. So you're the and opposite like, of Kent. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does that even Hot mean? Zig Zag. <laughs> Zag. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm so confused. Sorry. And so, anyway, the point is, I honestly wanted this episode to be a Star Wars show where I just brought my friends and they just debated against you guys because they actually really like Episode Eight and think that it helped with the story of. Where Why do you hang out with wrong friends and bad people? Yeah. I think it. <laughs> <laughs> They're also the ones. Hold on. They're also that. the ones but that like all the Joel, That's not nice. They that might was... be eleven. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel bad for saying show. what I said, kid. You, you think don't... I feel bad? Come on. No. Ken you need to meet them. Y'all, y'all, you guys just need to meet them and just no. Look, that, that's really a whole funny. different show. Yeah, we could talk that to death because there, there is changing and subverting, and that is what those movies. Yeah. Well, that movie specifically did. So yes, let's jump in. Bring it back. Bring it back. Star Wars, original one. Yes. 1977, the one that kicked it all off. Yes. Yeah. This one is so influential for filmmakers now synopsis we get i know but based on what matt said people may be out there who've never seen it luke skywalker joins forces with a jedi knight a cocky pilot a wookiee and his two droids to save the galaxy from the empire's world destroying battle station did you like the movie or not (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm I'm guessing based on the the way that we're moving around it probably not your favorite no no, it was not my favorite movie, but it's just because, like, you know, you already knew everything was going Do to Do you happen. think it's cliche like, at this point? Well, I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. When he said that line, I died, and I repeated He's it. Like, no, did you find joke. it tough to see past the pop culture and actually just enjoy the movie? No, no, actually, no. It was really easy to kind of follow along with the plot. Yeah. It's, it's very, very simple hero story. Plot. Yeah. Was Darth Vader scary to you? No, I actually forgot really? that Darth Vader spoke. Like I and like I even wrote it down. Like I even wrote it down. Like obviously Darth Vader speaks, and the guy, the voice actor, is the exact same guy who does Mufasa and Lion King, and I know that. True. Yeah. But like I don't know how I just forgot that Vader speaks. Like I just thought he was just a voiceless villain, the especially because I saw Rogue One where he's like, "Don't choke on your aspirations." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which when he said that, I died of laughter. Of course I'm you just, did. Yeah, because I'm a dork. But well, it's bad. But it was. Well, as long as we agree. But did you like the story arc of Luke, the the power converter Luke, as we saw him in the beginning, to the did savior you, in the end? No, I think that I think that it was very lazy writing. Oh, good heavens! Because they literally, you know, they that's like the traditional hero story. Well, no, I know what right? I'm saying is because they don't even establish that he's a good hunter until literally right before it's important. 
Because they just like, he just says like, uh, when they're talking about, oh no, the shot is impossible. Then Luke is just like, no, the shot's not impossible. I shoot wheezes like this all the time. It can't be like much longer than three, like That's three exact meters. Line. That's the exact line. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wheezes. And then, and then his friend, um, who, uh, Briggs, Briggs, I think. Biggs, Biggs. Biggs. Yeah. His friend Biggs is like, no, you can trust this guy. He's the best shooter we have back home. And I was just like, this all could have been said at the beginning of the movie and like had established this. Yep. But instead it's added right at the end. We would have seen right it if he would have gone to Tashi Station. Would you, we have you do, the shootout you where apparent, it's 20 takes? Also, also, okay. Also, I didn't know Obi-Wan died. I died. I was so sad. I didn't know Obi-Wan died. But I also just figured out like a year ago that Darth Vader dies at the end of, of episode six. Like I had no idea. Mm. Which anyway. begs the question, will you keep watching? I will say that episode four, uh, it was a really good setup because it made me, it made me want to watch the rest of the trio when mm-hmm. they're all like hugging and Leia like doesn't have her, has her arms around him and Han Solo just has his arm over. <laughs> and it's yeah. on Luke. Like I wanted to watch the rest of the trio. I wanted to watch more. And so that tells you it was a really good, a really good starting point, but that's really it. Like that's it. I'm it actually curious. I really would point. like you to keep watching. I think you're going to find more depth in the next one and then more fun in the final Martin one. In other words, he's going to like return of the Jedi best out of the trilogy. Oh, absolutely. I think so too. Well, and I think as many, because it is the best. I mean, as many things no. <laughs> as Star Wars does right, you guys have to admit that the dialogue in that first one is rough. Yeah, really well, no, rough. No, anytime it's, you have George Lucas writing dialogue, it's going to be Yeah, rough. it's not. I, 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 mean, I kind of agree. There's a lot of tell, don't show in this yes. movie. I mean, yeah. from a script standpoint, there are a lot of weaknesses, but I think what the, all of the other stuff that's going on is what elevates well, this movie. Well, but the thing about it is, is you get all the hokey 50s sci-fi. And then you get kind of the 60s, you know, kind of tailed off a bit. And then this kind of revitalized the sci-fi genre in a way that was not the B-movie type. This was like, mm-hmm. this was this was a genre that was tossed to the side and no one took it seriously. And they were able to build it up into an empire of, uh, of a whole thing of like yes. people really like, just I don't want to say worship, but really Influential film. Yeah. Changed Which the game. Which is why it was on our list. And right. it gave us Moonraker. So this is just the best. What? What? <laughs> Save for our James Bond show. Yes. We're finally into the area where I and Kent were alive. Because uh, we're going with Raiders of the Lost Ark 1981. This is our adventure pick. In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. How much did you know about Indiana Jones going into this? Um, A lot of my friends love Indiana Jones. And that's... It. That's all I really do. Do they talk about Indiana Jones? Do they have posters? Like, what references do you know to his look, the whip? Han Solo, the whip. Yeah, that's Han Solo, it. the whip. Fair that's enough. Pretty much it. And I, and as I was watching, I actually realized, oh shoot, I've seen like a part of this movie before. <laughs> and sure. so it turns out like I started the movie before, but I know I, I know for a fact I didn't finish it. Okay, so you knew enough about the look, maybe about yeah. the type of hero yeah, he of is. Yeah, of course. And, like, he's like you know Aztec, like the discoverer, Yeah. How could be this? I think he's better as Indiana Jones than Han Solo. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree too. So yeah. he's actually number two on AFI's hero list. Indiana Jones is. Also, you have the score. I think this movie really cemented Harrison Ford as the icon we all still hold him as, even though he really yep. doesn't care about his filmography. Yeah. But how did you feel about this movie? Because it's definitely like decades ahead of its time and behind its time. It's a very yeah. serialized story. Yeah. Have you guys have seen the Door of the Explorer movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of similarities. Like I really loved it. <laughs> Once again, I really you're loved giving it. more credit to the thing that it parody that parodies the better thing. Well, I just think Dora the Explorer was a phenomenal movie. It's very, like, fun. It it's pretty really funny. Good. Yeah, but there are just a couple things I want to say about this. When they're when the guy's tracking them and he's like, uh, and he tastes like the air. I was like, the poison is still fresh. They're following us. Number one, 
He just put poison in his mouth. A little bit. That's that's a little weird. bit. No, he put poison in his mouth. That's true. And that's yeah, very questionable. Number two, he knew what the poison he knew what poison tastes like, which is also very questionable. That's why and he number had three, tolerance. And number three, they're following us, even though this is the first time that they've been there because it's been established because they didn't recognize the statue. So how can he be followed if you haven't been there before? That the, doesn't make any sense. No, they're following them like on they're following them right then is what he's saying. Oh, they're following us because I just found this arrow that was in front of me. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't sense. make any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Sounds like we're nitpicking a little bit, but little bit. go on. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I brought this up to my friend Andy and he was like, and he was, okay, we'll put it out there. I didn't like this movie. And he, Andy was talking to me and was saying, Matt, you, you need love to understand. Dora. You don't like it. Yeah, days. this movie was not very good. So there it's, were a lot I, of It's near perfect, so, Matt. Okay, that's the thing. That's what Andy said too. And then yeah, he Andy was, and I are friends. So yeah, so, unless he likes Last Jedi. Exactly. So so Andy <laughs> was telling me he he then because we were at a wedding actually, and then at that moment, we and you're no fighting longer, during a wedding. We were no longer at a wedding, and he was literally explaining shot by shot, line by line, scene by scene, why the movie was good for a solid hour and a half. He basically <laughs> had the entire movie. Wait, so the movie's 115 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, so he basically anyway, left he, out the credits. But did he talk it to death so much that made you dislike it? Or no, the no, movie no. Did he talked. No, he talked it to death so much that I began to understand why he liked it. But you don't understand. I still don't like it because it doesn't make any sense. Also, can we talk about... Because they're following that doesn't make any sense. I said... So another part of it too is that... uh, Ich liebe Deutsch. (laughs) Ah, You speak German. Deutschland, yeah. Yes, I love Germany so much. And so it's hard... Ah, wirklich? Yeah. Yeah. Was ist deine Lieblingsfarbe? Yeah. Volkswagen. (laughs) (laughs) Meine Lieblingsfarbe ist blau. Ich komme mit dem Auto in die Schule. Du hast. Yeah? Yeah. Du hast Volkswagen und BMW, yeah. No, I just, I love, I love German. I love the German culture. I love the language. And so it was hard to watch this, honestly, because, because, you know, it's like World War II era, right? Where yeah. They're all, just, they're all just like villainized. Well, these it's, aren't the Germans that we like. Yeah, I know. I, that's something. I, this is what I'm talking about where I, I don't like watching people die because I really, all the people that are dying besides the main three villains are just people so doing their job. What this movie does, and I think it's now a trope, if is their job also, is a bad job. One thing I was going to bring up is, and I think it's a trope now, is you see Nazis in this movie, and now anytime Nazis are brought up, they're the bad guys. But I think it actually, the trope works perfectly in this movie, even though you guys say they're not the Germans, we know it love now yeah it's like it's almost okay because the movie is meant to take place in a different time you're exactly, supposed to yeah. watch it with different eyes exactly and that's actually why why i really appreciate it is because at, at the beginning i was having a hard time like pinning the time period and mm-hmm. then when it said nazis I was like oh great world war ii right awesome i, I understand the situation i understand the state of the world right like, it was very easy to follow along and that's great did you like I the? Just, oh go ahead i just have a hard time watching people die did yeah. you like the re- religious uh symbology that they use in the movie the and the artifacts yeah i thought that Honestly, it was it was just clever writing because they used the two uh, government guys that came in as uh, care as like a ship for the audience, mm-hmm. so that they could so that they could just let the characters explain everything. Right, right. And so I thought there was it was very clever writing at those moments, uh, <laughs> and there what? were other moments it was just really bad writing. Now, one of the things that traumatized most children uh, when they watched this movie uh, was the face melting scene. Yes. How was that for you? As soon as the face melting scene ended, I wrote down what I said verbatim. Quote, 
For as long as I live, and if I ever have children, I will never let them watch this movie. Whoa. And I will never watch this. And at the end, after I was done watching this movie. Don't, don't watch Temple of Doom. I, I know. That's, what, that's, what, that's actually what Andy was telling but me. You should watch Last watch Crusade. Actually, Last Crusade is much more lighthearted. But, uh, but they were it saying, is. anyway, after the end movie was done, I was just like, yeah, I am probably never going to watch this movie ever again. I knew I probably wouldn't like it, and I was 100% right. Not a 1,000%, though. So there's a way. Is he not a cool hero, though? <laughs> He's a cool hero. He's a cool guy. So you went in this with preconceived notions and biases and then came out with the same preconceived notions and biases. Yeah, because every single one of them got confirmed. So, yeah. <laughs> this is so good. The movie, yeah. It's one movie. of the greatest action movies of all time. <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> and that's what you think. That's what I know. I think as time has gone on, this movie is is more regarded as as a classic, but I don't think it's oh, as real watched. Quick, real I don't quick. think it's as appreciated. Real quick, you know how the the Rage of the Lost Ark ride at Disneyland yeah. mm-hmm. is only like the beginning of the movie? Mm-hmm. That's because that's the only good part of the movie. Oh jeez, like that's you mean why, the part that you that's you, why that ride you're picking bits. That ride. isn't the ride part of? Isn't that have Temple of Doom stuff in there too? It's a yeah. unique story. Yeah. See, that ride has only the good parts of the movies, <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> The movie sucks because yeah. oh. after after he's on the plane. By the way, what movie home, were you watching where you're riding the Jeep and Indiana Jones is thinking <laughs> about? Yeah. So then we moved into the 80s comedy. We decided to throw a comedy on there and we, we had so many different comedies we were trying to choose yep. from. That was impossible. But we decided to go with Ghostbusters because it's in the public eye right now. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is one of those iconic things that didn't really... I mean, no one really knew what it was. It wasn't a thing before, but just now the visuals of the proton pack and the outfits and the car, and it's music. all part of pop culture. And just yeah, a very song. 80s cast that does a lot of slapstick. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. But what they did is they brought together perfect comedy with almost perfect horror. And so yes, it makes it's, just it's a, a great, great balance of the two. Yes. Uh, synopsis, three former parapsychology professors set up shop as unique ghost removal service. So... Matt, this is the movie that made every kid in the 80s want to be a Ghostbuster. Right. How did it make you feel? Um, Are you so afraid of I no ghosts? Say, okay, well, I'm curious. Do you guys like Ghostbusters? Very much. Yes. yes. Very much? Okay, cool. It's good to know. So <laughs> I want to say that the opening Here scene, the opening scene with like the books flying around, they made me panic. Like I was yeah. like, oh no. Like I was genuinely uh, very scared. And then as soon as like, uh, you know, the lady sees the ghost and it goes to the intro, I was like, that was the worst intro to a Law and Order episode ever. Like, <laughs> 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 and so I thought that was, I thought that was cool. Uh, so I actually started off this whole journey with Ghostbusters because I have very fond memories of Ghostbusters as a kid. I actually never seen the movie, but like, you know, the song Ghostbusters, like I, I just love the song and sure. I love being yeah, at skating rinks where song. like you would always sing it with your friends I really really wish I had never watched this movie because it tainted <laughs> oh, it tainted song. all of those memories oh. so you know so I told Kent a little bit about this you know every single societal issue that's happening right now yeah they can all be linked back to this movie like every single one even toxic masculinity which like that's oh not a thing gosh. ever but like, toxic masculinity is in this film yeah, and I'm Egon really not okay so, with it it's so toxic Ray yeah. is so toxic yeah. Winston is so toxic. It's the worst. It's the worst. Not to mention, uh, Joel, I'm surprised you recommended this film considering there's an sexual scene <laughs> with a ghost that also doesn't make any sense. No, as a kid, I'll tell you what, I didn't pick up on that of at all. Yeah, you, you know, I'm glad you didn't pick up on it as a kid, but I'm yeah. watching this and I'm like, this is a children's film. Why is this it's in here? It's not a children's film. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it, was a, it was a PG Wait, comedy for adults. You watched this too. movie, which is brilliant, and judged Joel during the experience? Slightly, yeah. Because I was like, Joel, you're the family-friendly guy. You're the one that I'm supposed to trust. Not my my fault you didn't set up the filters. Something you should know is in the 80s, and we were very...
very naive as children. Sometimes you watch these things on TV, you don't really catch the swear words. Well, no, of oh, course. But they throw in a lot of this where, as an adult, you say, wow, I watched this and I was comfortable no, with course. it. Or my parents no, were. No, I felt the exact same way because right. like, I, I watched Shrek all the time as a little kid. Like, yeah, oh, and it's okay. a lot of adult <laughs> yeah, Hold <exactly>. on. <laughs> talking about Ghostbusters. You just made, yeah, I'm making waffles. Like, that's yeah. the reference you're going to make. Also, I just want to say, I was so offended when she referred to Venkman as a game show host. <laughs> I was so offended personally. I was like, how dare that's she? Why. How dare yeah. she? That's yeah, no, why no, he, he got mad at the movie. I know, yeah, yeah. I don't know where to start. There were so many issues I had with this film because like they just... Well, let's start with the end. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Is that a funny concept? So, honestly, uh, that's... Because it no, is. No, that's the thing. It wasn't funny to me because I remembered the, the Marshmallow Man. It scared yeah. me as a kid. And so when I saw the marshmallows at the beginning of the film, when, before she opens the door to the bad place, uh, when she sees the marshmallows, I started panicking because I was like, oh my goodness, that's the villain. That's the, like, ah. Uh, because I, cool. I had very negative associations with mm-hmm. that ghost. Uh, with the, yeah, with the marshmallow man. With the marshmallow man. man. And so then when it, when it happens at the end, I was just like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just, I thought it was much, I thought it would be more scarier. And then he wasn't. And I was just very disappointed. This movie honestly, like I, this movie honestly, like it destroyed any positive association I had with Ghostbusters. Interesting. And like, have you ever seen like the cartoon dog. or anything? No. Okay. Because like, here's one thing. Here's one thing. When the movie starts, I was like, wait, weren't there four Ghostbusters? And there's <laughs> yeah, three of bringing... them at the beginning, and then they just throw in a black guy, uh, just uh, to have uh, a black uh, guy. Uh, 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 uh. You're you're giving it way too little credit. Yeah. Winston joins the team. Winston is different from these guys. Even though he never received no. any training. Matt, how to, exactly like, how you said in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you liked that the two guys came in so they could explain He's the anchor. Winston came in. He's the anchor so that they could explain everything to him. You're telling me that there is a ghost-busting unit that has this become is, famous and only one person has applied to work No one's with taking them? him seriously. No one's taking them seriously. No, They're think, doing news reports. I think reports. you're giving, you you're giving 2020 politics into a 1984 movie. No, that's 100% true. The movie didn't air. The movie did not age Like they didn't just all. include one black guy. <laughs> also, you're They not. wrote in Winston to be the anchor for the audience yeah. with these yeah. people that are Who has really unapproachable. Who the whole Which movie. Which you're, yes. you're also forgetting too that like the movie is like extremely sexist when they're talking to every <laughs> single woman. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, you saw this? Are you sure? Like, are you menstruating right now? I was like, why would they say that? <laughs> because Egon is completely awkward around people. No, they didn't establish that well at all. He's totally awkward. The whole They're movie, all that's awkward. Him. They're all awkward. I Bankman's will say this. the cocky I will one. Say this. Spangler's the awkward Bill one. Bill Murray, and this is actually, if you listen to the Pagan bit, we talk a little bit about Groundhog Day. <laughs> Bill Murray is a phenomenal voice actor. And Garfield? What are you talking no, about? Bill, like Bill Murray, he's a phenomenal voice actor, but what if you just watch his facial re- No, like his voice in every single movie, like in this and in... Uh, and then the other one that we talk about in the bacon bit. I believe him if I was closing my eyes. But when I see his face, he has absolutely no reaction. And he has no change. And if you actually watch this movie at the beginning when they first see the ghost, all of the shots while he's talking and terrified, they aren't showing his face. Why? Well, look, because he's not scared. It he is his he literally He is a very apathetic actor. Which oh, is yeah. only... Which and is, you see uh, this... Ap- actors have types, right? And that yeah. is definitely Bill Murray. Which that's the thing. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was his, his type until after the movie. But that's the thing like... Well, no, you like, want, no, you wonder, you wonder why there's a big conversation about why men can't show emotion and that's because of Bill Murray was famous <laughs> because Bill Murray shows Bold. absolutely no emotion and that was the role model that's for what me I was going to show emotion as a kid and I saw Bill Murray and went no yep exactly no, I will not. Bill Murray shows absolutely zero emotion and zero change not to mention he ends up getting the girl despite the fact they've only had two conversations one of which On was screen. her kicking him out because she was a creep and then they're kissing at the end of the movie like this doesn't make any sense there was no build up for the character arc unlike Adrian <laughs> and Rocky which there was a build up throughout the entire film for their character 
characters to like fall in love. Sure, but, but one, that you realize no, but this. this one that's a drama. That's a drama. And it took the entire movie to tell the story. This is a comedy horror that they need to throw in character elements to establish this ensemble and that's cast, right? No, you've got to realize there's there's a balance within okay movies with and there are character okay types. Yes, he can be a jerk. Oh, he man. can even be a sexist. But that's not the movie being sexist. That's one character being sexist. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't need to realize Ray, that. You don't see yeah. Ray doing that. You don't see Egon doing that. You don't see Winston doing that. Right. Yeah, because we saw each of them do something very bad throughout each film. Did you relate to anyone, uh, even Ray in any no, way? No, I related to uh, Ray's me. Or Tully. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ray literally is You need to give some character writing some credit here. But then I was like, well, I don't know I really want Ray to be me because he's the one that had the sexual scene. So like, <laughs> they all did something awful in this movie. Like none of them were none of them were really redeemable characters. Rick like, Moranis. Rick Moranis. Who? Louis Tully. Oh, is he like the guy that makes out with uh, the alien? Girl? He's the one who gets possessed by the dog. Yeah, that didn't make any sense because they make out and it's like. Why? The gatekeeper, she's the key master. I, exactly. And they make out. It's like what on earth was the point of that? There was like no exp- like. There's like it's a, a slight love time. story. Okay. It just. Uh, <laughs> This is the greatest love, still better love story than Twilight. <laughs> yeah, right. I well, just honestly, I'm just I just well, not to mention they don't believe uh, Sigourney Weaver at the beginning because they're like uh, because she's like, oh no, I think something's happened to my house, and they're like, are you sure you're a woman? I'm not 100 percent sure. That's that not what they do not say that. They don't they say that, say but they don't sure. believe her despite the fact they have been in the news. Uh, I think you're projecting. Ghosts. I think you're projecting sexual right. mother isn't sexual. No, I am 100 percent projecting because it was there. Wait, that's not. <laughs> hold on, I got <laughs> the script not how right projecting here. Works. Do you want to? No, literally. Okay, bacon cell sleepover. We will watch this and I will show you because it was. I cannot. Oh, honestly, here's the thing. I'll put after, money down after this episode. Like. You know, I said that I would never show Raiders of the Lost Ark to my children. After the, after I am done recording this episode, <laughs> or like speaking with you guys, I'm never even going to like give Ghostbusters like attention because giving it attention is negative. It's putting a negative thing Ghostbusters is an amazing horror comedy. It Go watch it, everybody. Make it sell approved. Make it sell I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> one of my favorite well. movies ever made. I love it so much. The there 80s were a heck of a time. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember the whole thing about uh, looking at things as a time capsule of the time? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Moving yeah. on to the next one. Next People one. People are awful. Guys, I don't think this <laughs> one will be awesome. as controversial. I think we can all take a little break. There's a lot of sexist oh. dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> See, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> well, they are because they're all female. Fair. <laughs> true. That's true. All right, 1993's Jurassic Park. Uh, they do Park. only kill men, so... A pragmatic paleontologist <laughs> visiting true. an almost complete theme park is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. Now, Matts, I want to describe how at least Joel and I thought, and probably Zach when he saw this at mm-hmm. home much later, we were not even teenagers when we saw this movie in the theater. Were you a teenager? Very possibly. Okay. And it was yes, just was. one of these movies that it was every little boy's dream realized on the big screen and the special effects were real. You believed the dinosaurs were real. Yes. Yeah. And so it was just wish fulfillment and danger. This whole movie feels dangerous to me even now. Mm-hmm. Like the stakes feel and real. And this is our highest grossing of the list. This is $1.03 billion at the box office. So, Matts, you watched Jurassic Park for the first time. Yeah. What did you think? The intro was really amazing, especially when the hunter's like, shoot yeah, shoot actually, I actually referenced that in like almost every single other film, like in uh, Jaws, shoot shoot Like it was great. It's a bit sexist. Uh, and then after, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but no, and then uh, when the intro is over, I was just like, man, that was a really good intro for an episode of Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> You're basically calling every cold open an episode of Law and Order? Yes, or like Psych, Monk, pick, pick, pick whichever one, you know. Um, or CSI. these movies that came all before that. Yeah. 
Yeah, as long as we agree, we're all good. I was confused at first, actually, because I thought that Jurassic Park was about a family. And so watching no. it, and that's actually about this guy learning about like what a family is, like what family represents. Uh, and Sounds like a good like theme. These random two kids. Yeah, it was, it was a great theme. I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. Okay. My final opinion of the movies, I liked it. I love the character building, uh, character building and the acting. And it was just phenomenal. I still hated watching people die. I don't like it. But it was, it was really good. What did you think of seeing uh, uh, Nick Fury? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson. He's the computer guy. Hold he on died. to your butts. He died, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because his arm randomly appears on the girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Randomly. <laughs> it does, actually. Severed arm. We should clarify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I asked about Jaws. How did you feel the effects were in this one? No, it was really good. Like, it, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was really 1993. good. 1993. Yeah. It was really good. The effects were like... They were just phenomenal. And honestly, sorry, every time I think about this, I think about this movie, all I think about is like, Lex, she just wanted to pet a dinosaur and she got sneezed on and her mouth was open and like, oh, oh anyway, yeah. It yeah. just grosses oh, that me We all felt it. We get it. It was terrible. Me out, and I'm just like, oh man. And it's actually funny, like the majority of of my notes stop after after uh, the scene with him uh, sleeping with the kids in the tree because mm-hmm. I was just so invested mm-hmm. in the movie. It was just it was like you phenomenal. see the velociraptors at that point. It's yeah. just nonstop. Yeah, it was just it was a phenomenal film. I mean, that's pretty much all you need to say. Because <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it no, really it, is. Yeah, it's it just such a solid movie. I, I, this might honestly be my favorite on the list. Like I love Jurassic Park so much. Yeah. Were there any moments where like you worried about the like the mortality of the characters? Like I actually thought a character would die. Um. Well, yeah. Like when Tim gets electrocuted or when Ellie's getting chased. Pretty much like every moment was like, oh man, they're going to die. Like the raptors coming into the kitchen. Yeah, because that's the thing. The last, because I've never seen a a Jurassic Park movie, but the last death I saw of a Jurassic Park movie was when I started crying and I forced my parents to turn off the movie while my six-year-old sibling was laughing at the scene. Oh boy. (laughs) Wait, wait, so you did see part of it? I saw, I saw part of it from Do you remember the scene? It was the scene where it's, it's like the most recent film where like the lady who's supposed to be watching the kids gets picked up by the terror. Oh yeah! Oh, Jurassic and then World. Into the ocean, and then, like, Hold on! Oh my gosh! Then, like, that part. Shark. Well, it was an unnecessary death. I mean, no, it was just this yeah, crazy. Was. That part preyed on like deep, like gut feeling of me. I that part the really got me. Well, it's the whole the thing in the water bigger mm-hmm. than me, and I knew it was coming, and my stomach just yeah. dropped when she got dropped in the yeah, water. Yeah, see, that's like that part. Like, I literally was just like, I started like. <laughs> sorry, this might be this might be too personal. I started just like crying and like getting a panic attack because I was like, I cannot, I cannot believe in a world where a god would allow that to happen to their child. And I'm so happy I don't live in that world. Okay. And yeah, it was very. I just want to ask you dramatic. more about how you watch movies and if you really, how often do you watch movies? I don't watch movies like ever. My dad's because, a very big film buff. Like he's he would right. love Bacon Cell, but he just won't listen to it. He never has time. But, right. uh, well, we'll, yeah. we'll do a show for him, like a western <laughs> show or a war show. But we'll yeah, see. no. But no, I, like if you see enough deaths happen on screen. And I'm not saying be desensitized, but you do become desensitized. And it sounds like you're not to that point. No, no, no. So that's the thing. I, because it's hard. I take each character so personally because I just like. That's probably what the writers intend. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing because I I love people and I love connecting with people. It's actually why. Even the lawyer on the toilet in Jurassic (gasps) Park. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I literally wrote down like when he said we're going to make so much money, I was like, well, he's going to die because he's being selfish and they want to kill off the selfish characters to, you know, write off a good plot point. But that's the thing. Like it was it's hard. It's hard for me to watch people die because I like again, I said I love people. I like to think I see people's like true intentions very well. And like seeing that he was just wanting to make money like because I like 
as an example, Shazam, when that uh, lady is like, this isn't real, and then touches the thing and then burns and like explodes. Right. Like that broke my heart because I still think about her and I'm like, man, but like her mom is never going to know what happened to her. Her friends, like her dog, what if she had a cat? And like, I just start panicking. I think about that with every person that dies when I see a film where someone dies. I'm just like, well, I like their families. That's why you need to watch movies. You see them pop up in other things. You're like, oh, okay, they're still alive. You bring up an interesting point with Jurassic Park. I feel like there's mostly redeemable characters in in the movie. Agreed. It's collectively, they're all facing this unstoppable thing that they don't know Even about. John Hammond? Yeah. Some people. Yeah, no, that one oh, overweight guy, he was like, I didn't like him, but I also didn't want him Newman. to die. Henry. It still Henry, hurt yeah. to watch him die. Like, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Was most, rough. I was, like I say, mostly. There's some movies where it's like, nobody here is good, but I think for the most part, I think the characters in Jurassic Park down the line are pretty likable. Yeah. yeah. Especially Jeff Goldblum. Is he the main? I don't know who he is. Is he the main? Malcolm. No, he's the. He wears black a lot. He's the chaos theory guy. Yeah. Chaos theory. Oh, the yeah. chaos theory guy. I yeah. laughed when you said that. He he doesn't die. He, he, he took off his shirt. Yeah. yeah. That's, I have I have a, I have a Funko Pop no of uh, Jeff Goldblum's open shirt where he's like a little wounded and laying there. Of all course. No it's so great. Man, I just don't know actors. My dad's gonna be so disappointed when he listens to this if he does. All right, Zach. What's our final movie? Finally, the most recent one. Most recent movie, which comes from 1999. It's The Matrix. And here we have a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. Now, this is one Kent and I put on here because we both felt this was kind of one of those mind bending movies and game changers for and, action yeah, films. This, this became like the staple. Like it was so copied and so parodied. Just the, the effects from this. And one thing to know, Matt's, is that the 90s, there was a lot of great action movies. There's your true lies and things that spawned from the 80s, like big burly action stars. And there was cool stuff happening, but this one just changed everything and used special effects in a way that made it believable, even though it's still really fantastical. Yeah. And this one is, I think it's true science fiction. And I think it, it nails like characters, story, visuals, the sci-fi elements, which I think is very hard to pull off in a story. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't say yeah. that. Don't open yourself to I that. just did. He'll and attack I you it. relentlessly and unprovoked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because as Keanu Reeves, which we all know, he's not the best actor, but he's kind of perfect in I've this movie. I've actually never great seen in Keanu movie. Reeves in any movie. This is the first movie I've ever Sarah seen. Sarah Keanu Reeves show. Yeah. Oh, we will. That's <laughs> the one. Okay, so, so <laughs> Please, let's no. talk The Matrix. Okay. How much um, of this did you know going into it? I just knew it's like, you know, it's the famous like blue red pill, uh, mm-hmm. black guy with the glasses. Morpheus. Morpheus. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the famous like, like bullet, bullet, yeah, bullet scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew it was famous for these specific things, but mm-hmm. I was finally, I was excited to finally see like. So basically you how, knew the memes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so I was just excited to see like, okay, well, what really makes this movie so, so fascinating and awesome and all that. And, um. Go on. I just. I just, uh, I don't even know where to start. I don't have anything negative to say like I did with um, Ghostbusters. Did or you like Raiders of Lost Ark? Oh, yeah, 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 you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just such a, uh, it was a pointless movie. Did you say, <laughs> so you found it, it bland. It doesn't accomplish anything and also doesn't explain anything either. Like it just says, this is the world, accept it. And so, then there's so did no. So you, did you find it as just a vehicle to show cool action scenes? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like it just like give this idea like, like, I don't know. It just made like no sense. Like nothing mean, about it. Like really, which developed a complete philosophy, gave exposition, which was absolutely crucial. Developed a world within a world. Questioned reality. Yeah, you thought it was just pointless. Well, because it doesn't just, accomplish anything. It's like, because that's the thing. It's like, it just starts off this movie by saying like, you've been searching for us the whole time. And he's like, do you know what that question is? What is the matrix? And it's like, 
What? Like you're just thrown into it. Like there's no like pre-explanation of as to, like this guy is searching for the matrix. It's just like you're searching for this. What is it? The what is the matrix? And I'm just like, okay, well, you're just throwing. He's us a in hacker there. who's heard about it's it a bunch very, of times. Yeah, but they didn't establish that that's something a big deal he's, for hackers. He's predestined. And like he's why? The one. And he's also the chosen one. And also <laughs> he's, he's been researched. Exactly. And also why is it? Why is it the only hackers know about the matrix? It's a computer thing. Is it? One hundred percent. It was all simulation. It's a simulation. Like, it is software. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make sense. Like why is it only like simulators are about it? Like why isn't why isn't like famous and rich people are, are like also knowing about this or like you know like the dinosaur maybe because they're contained they too. Like, I don't know. I just maybe they do. I don't know. They didn't establish it. Mm. It could be the rich and powerful know about they it. They just don't want to tell anyone. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Elon so Musk knows about the signal. Oh, I shouldn't the say signal. that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm so sorry. At the end, like when he's uh, picking up Morpheus, like from the <laughs> from the swing, right? He's like holding onto him by one arm. All I could think is, "Don't let me fall." Wouldn't dream of it. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I got it. It's just like a Jimmy Neutron thing, SpongeBob thing. Or? No, uh, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava There we Girl. go. I yeah. was like, wow. some, some, I thought so it was Spike good. Is. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. So good. Oh, man. <laughs> so so good. I was going to ask, though, the visual effects, how did they hold up to you? <laughs> they were good. Like um, bullet time when it's like things no, they were good. Down. When she freezes in the air at the beginning, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's Princess Fiona. Like, oh, funny. what? Funny. I, got, yeah. I get that reference now. Yes, yes. you do. Yes. I was just like, oh, wow, Fiona was referencing this. And so I was just like. Shrek was basically made know. by this list. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Matt, so I have to ask you, have you ever considered for one second, even just for fun, it's late at night, your mind is racing. <laughs> what if I'm not in reality? What if reality is something different? No, I've totally thought about that. Sometimes I'm just like, man, wouldn't it suck if you die? But and wouldn't you just cool? see the screen that says game over, try again? And but, I'd be like, but oh, Matt, man, oh. that would be so Wouldn't awful. it be cool? If that was put on celluloid, that idea, and shown in such a fantastic way, I'm it not, shows that there is a way to beat you're, the you're, system. You're going too quick. I'm not intelligent. I don't know what. Can you define, you are intelligent. Can you define I know celluloid? This. Oh, it's the film. film. So he's Just say film, dude. <laughs> film snob. You don't need to say celluloid. Just say film. <laughs> oh my goodness. We all know that you're the biggest film geek here. Just stop. <laughs> Even though Joel's seen more movies on the AFI list that's than you true. have, that's fine. You're the actual <laughs> film critic. Just say film. You don't need to say celluloid <laughs> with other normal people. Like, oh my goodness. It's all right. I use big words okay. sometimes. Can and I'm go, sorry. Yeah. Can you go back now and explain that? Because you lost me at celluloid. He's basically saying that is the concept of the matrix. Your reality is not reality. There's a different reality out there. That's like, the whole concept of the Matrix. The reason, See, that's the thing, the reason that's why the film thing, exists. That's not new today, though. Like, that's very old and rehashed. Time capsule. Of course, yeah, exactly. 1999. I know I know it's new in 1999, but that's why I'm saying is that it didn't make any sense from a 2020 perspective. Okay. You're feeling like you've seen something like this before. It felt pointless. I mean, probably. Unnecessary. Like, like, another thing is, like, they don't ever explain, like, why when they come from the Matrix, they're always wearing one color. Like, why are they always wearing all black or all white? Like, what reason it. for that? No, yeah. but they could choose any outfit to, like fit in and like not cap grab attention but you're gonna wear all black that doesn't make any sense yeah, stylistic choice stylistic for what reason that? what reason do you have to be stylistic if it's all it simulation cool. that i cannot tell you Matt, time count, how much i wanted to have one of those big black jackets just to exactly walk around, and that's only because like, oh, that's only because the movie made you want that but because it looks cool but if they were smart they would want to fit what in. outfit would you pick that, that, Matt? do sense. you think they would have done like it's the 90s hey there's a there's a stussy shirt and sort of some jerbo <laughs> shorts he doesn't know he doesn't know he doesn't know. <laughs> but Matt, yeah. if you could get Matrix, what, what outfit would you choose? I would pick an outfit that wouldn't stand out. But what would you choose? Whatever would match with the era. It's fair logic. 
Literally, that's the only re- that's Agent the only Smith thing is I'm like, saying. Hmm, I'm looking for the one who doesn't know what celluloid means. <laughs> well, he's, he's wearing just you know plain clothes. Yeah. I'll never find well, him. T-shirt and jeans doesn't really scream the one to me. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's about fitting in and not grabbing attention to yourself. But if you're the one, you don't care. Oh, this is all about escalation. That's what films do. There's only a specified amount of time, maybe two hours, so they need to get to a point. It's yeah. not about the mystery of cat and mouse game this whole time. It's telling a different story. I'm just saying that movies should treat their audience like they're intelligent and this movie treated me like I was an idiot <laughs> you should see Ken's face right now <laughs> this is because, this is the epitome of treating your your people intelligent because they don't explain yeah, every by little treat, detail yes by not explaining every single detail but then ignoring the very obvious part also can I get an explanation for how somebody was able to be um, like a double crosser when they need to be put in by somebody else Cypher. They don't watch him the whole time. They put him in, then walk away. They put him in, but how on earth is he able to like set up a whole double crossing thing when they need he needs he's being watched? Literally, he's literally being watched by other people by from whom? the exact same hit the other. They have people. to watch the screen with the oh code. It does, it just Unless make you're sense. sitting there watching the security monitor exactly. the whole they're time. They're watching the screen with the code, and even he's like, no, at but this point all I see is a redhead, a blonde, like And he's the one that goes in. Yes, he's the one that goes he's in, mm-hmm. but everybody else is still there. Like they can still. But they're not monitoring. It but it doesn't. I make believe any, he actually says sometimes that? I come down because here he goes on my in own. like after hours. That's what he talks he about. He goes in after hours again, okay, and who put him in? He puts himself in. You can't put yourself in. That's already been established. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you literally can't put yourself in because if you could, no, there wouldn't saying, be any need for no, anyone like, to stay at what the I'm base. Saying is he goes in, says, "Set me up. I'll I'll be fine. Just come back in the morning." Doesn't make any sense. I just also, you know, also I'll give you that plot also, hole. You know, saying maybe Dozer didn't set him up and say, "Cool, Dozer, I'm going to go eat a steak." Yeah, go right, take exactly. off. Exactly. Like it doesn't right? make any sense. I'll, I'll give and you then, that maybe someone was watching the screen 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week, when they're all they're doing is trying to survive on mush. Cool. I'm glad that you agree with me. That's all that matters. <laughs> this movie accomplished nothing. That's all I have to say. Everything. Kent. Movies would not be the way they oh, are Kent. without yeah. this movie. I bet you're right, probably. But like, I, also, there's also, no probably I didn't know that it. in the famous shooting scene when he's dodging it, he gets hit. Like, what? He gets hit? Why is that scene so famous? He got hit. He's learning how to use his powers. It completely defeats the point. Remember like, when he dies in the movie? How dumb is that? Oh, wait, he has to die and have redemption and realize he's the chosen one. Wait, does Can't, he die? Oh, he does yes. die. Wait. So by your logic, like, he can't have any flaws? He needs to have flaws before well, he accepts saying, his like, true you, destiny. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make sense to, like, idolize a scene. That was like perfect. He dodges. If he gets so shot. he dodges. He dodges twelve bullets, and you're mad because the thirteenth hit him. <laughs> well, thirteen is my lucky number. So yeah, <laughs> it's a prime number. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not my top five prime number list. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do believe it's somewhere along like twelfth or thir- no thirteenth. Thirteenth is probably my thirteenth favorite prime oh number. Gosh. Just for just for all the right, laugh. all right. We've gone around the moment <laughs> anyway, which number of times. Sorry, the point is Matrix pointless movie true good films should treat your audience like they're smart not and just give them, does. not just give them complex like mm. things to understand this one made audiences smarter <laughs> imagine that tenant made audiences smarter i agree this with that movie, as well this movie there the, would not be like, this movie did not christopher sense. nolan without this movie wow whoa, whoa. did you wait whoa. did you just try to do you're a mic drop with your drink? i didn't want to spill my drink but i was gonna <laughs> toss really, my diet mountain you're Dew. really putting it all out there 100 percent you're really putting it all what's out accomplished there. in this movie is what nolan has shadowed in many movies Wow. Put it out there. Wow. Cool. So, Matt, we, we've, we've put you through the ringer. I shouldn't say put the ringer. We've, we've blessed you with these 10 movies. You're welcome. No. And uh, no. I wanted to know no. just real quick. He, he put you through the ringer. I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> your, your top three or bottom three. Okay. My bottom three. So I could probably gonna, guess. We're my just going to leave one out. My third, <laughs> least, uh, my third least favorite movie is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Second least favorite movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And my most least like hated movie is Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. And then your top three. <laughs> And honestly, that might be of like considering I haven't seen many films. Like, also, 
The other day, uh, my sister was watching My Little Pony the movie, and that drew me in. And I would rather watch My Little Pony the movie than all of those movies. Just so that most of these You know we reviewed My Little Pony the movie, Yeah, I know you did. And you guys were so right. It was really good. I was enjoying it. (laughs) It made me emotional. I was crying at one part of the movie. It's time to be so awesome. But yeah, okay. And then... um, Okay, your top. My number three is Jurassic Park. Ah, my number two is Psycho, and my absolute favorite is Rocky. Wow, so good. Yeah, I would not. Wow. I would not. I would have, have guessed not, that. I would have not guessed that at all. I would have probably guessed that you might have thought Rocky was boring. So no, that's I great. Loved Rocky. I didn't really get to show all my love for it. Are you going to get to watch? Are you going to watch more Rockies then? See, like I feel like it's a lot like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not worse. less so. No, they get worse. Yeah, that's the thing. Part of me, I want to watch it just so I can know why. Just, Kent just know so what to expect. Firmly, firmly yeah. stated with uh, Rocky Ford. They're just America. entirely enjoyable with no brains to them, and that's what you on, need to on expect. On the fourth one, third and fourth, you get a little more into that. Yeah, yeah. Sec- even seconds are still a good drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pivots in three. And okay, don't watch five. Oh, no, All right, so thank you, Matt. Thank you for coming here on the show. Thank you for being part of this experiment. Uh, we we enjoyed having you on here. Uh, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to here at the end? Just want to say I love my parents, I love my grandma, and I love my friends, and I love you, Gabe. You're great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, we'd like to thank the I Am The Listener category. It's Terry Finley, Chris and Jessica Drought, Sean Sanquist, Scott Sprague, Kyler Loves Bacon Cell, Jennifer Kielkowski, Crew Dutler, Bryn Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, and Adrian Gray. And from the Bacon Council, we have Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Stephen Ross, Mats Mudro, thank Mats. you for being here with thank your you. half correct opinions. <laughs> Jessica Terry, Brian Madsen, and Reverse Listener. All I heard Ken say was that my correct opinions. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing Quickwits. They're performing for free on Facebook on Saturday night at 9 o'clock. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on your social medias. Make sure to like the Facebook page as well as follow at Bacon Sale on Facebook and Instagram. And while you're doing that, go by tpublic.com slash bacon sale and get yourself a t-shirt or a mug or a mask. And then if you like what's going on on the show, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale and give some support, which starts at just $3 a month, where this week we had a really fun bacon bit including our friend Matt's. Again, that's patreon.com slash bacon sale. Join in on the fun. So until next time, we'll see you in celluloid. I love the Italian job unashamedly. What kind of taste do you have in men? I only know it because 23 is my favorite prime number and it just happened to be that. Oh, wow. (laughs) What? You don't have a favorite prime number? Okay, well, we need to fix that. Save it for a prime number show. <laughs> yes, yes I'll give it all. Wait, can I just give my top five real quick? Okay, 23, what? 17, 19, 47. These are numbers? 41. They can throw really? their voices. And yeah. they're in a cave where there's echoes. I know. Batman in the Cave of Echoes. Bing? Actually, that's a cool title. Zach's flipping us all off. That's how amazing it is. Jeez. Zach. Zach, this is like the first time I've met you. Dude. Family like, friendly. Are you? Are, is it for Joel and I or is it for Matt? We're not sure who you're flipping off. Okay, I'll speak at a very high volume because that's what Ken asked me. Okay, I'm going to no, match no, your voice real not, quick. That's not the high volume. What's your- okay, Joel, how dare you just assume that I can't get any louder? It's not okay. Yeah. Look how Zach's beefing up Desert Yeah, he Desert compliments me by being Pounding like, oh yeah, it's comedy. very low. Same oh, premise, Zach. I hate promo yeah, so much. Yeah, that's a compliment. Yeah. We're actually so, going to have a mom show with your three moms. Oh, so. really? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Wait, you found her? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and that, like, really makes me want ice cream, but also, like, no, no. Is, really? Is what? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is your final moment. You don't think you want that moment to be longer? 
I don't want it to be a full four minutes. I miss out. I have way too many friends, guys. It's an issue. Why do you hang out with wrong friends and bad people? Yeah. That's not nice. They might be 11. There's a lot of sexist dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. (laughs) See, I'm glad you think that. Is this like a Jimmy Neutron thing? (laughs) Unclub thing? No, uh, you mentioned Will Sharp Point Lock. There we go. Yeah. Like, You're the actual film critic. Just say film. You don't need to say celluloid <laughs> with other normal people. I like to think I'm pretty patient. I know I'm not, but I like to think I am. <laughs> die. Matt, and then he didn't die. Family and I just, friendly. Oh. You killed Joel. You killed Joel. Say for it. Say for it. This is whatever that is. This is also. You me? No. This is this is a children's film. Why is this it's in not here? A no, film. I am 100% projecting because it was there. Wait, that's not. <laughs> hold on, I got the script right here. Works. Oh yeah, why oh. did it have to go in his belly button? Ah, just so yeah. so gross. I never knew I could get anxiety, and now I do. Yeah. yeah.